This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. Welcome to worship, good neighbors. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service, sponsored by the Lutheran churches of Duranda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague, and thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tague, our musicians, Steve Helling, our reader and provider of the children's message, and our recording engineer, Brad Anderson. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, 
You can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577. By mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin. And through our website at www.nuicparish.org. We want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. Next Sunday, there will be the Christmas program, and we'd love to have you there. And also on uh, John's Sunday, a uh, week from Wednesday, we'll be at, uh, on the 14th, we'll be at First Lutheran uh, presenting a concert, and you'd be welcome to go there also. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle, and a cross. You might enjoy making a small worship space, and if you have four candles, you might want to have those as we celebrate Advent to enhance your home worship experience. You may also want to have a Bible or Bibles for the kids and other worship materials. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love, presence, and begin with the invocation or a call to worship. God calls us in righteousness to be a light to the nations, to open the eyes of the blind and set the prisoners free. I'd like to have us uh, lighting of the Advent wreath with Isaiah, we anticipate God's doing a new thing in Jesus Christ to proclaim healing and liberation to all who suffer. We light this first candle as a beacon of hope for those who wait. We light this second candle as the fire of courage that we might bear witness to your justice. And we light this third candle as a light to the nations, a promise of redemption for the whole human family. Our Advent waiting continues, O God, for your servant, your chosen one, in whom your soul delights, on whom, who, on whom you have poured your spirit. We cry out for justice, and he will bring it forth. He will come in gentleness, yet he will never be crushed. He will establish your justice and teach all the world your holy ways. So we wait in hope, O God, for your servant, your chosen one, in whom your soul delights and on whom you have poured your spirit. We continue with the gathering songs. Tell me the story of Jesus Right on my heart every word Tell me the story most precious Sweetest that ever was heard Tell how the angels in chorus Sang as they welcomed his birth Yeah. 
story of Jesus Write on my heart every word Tell me the story most precious Sweetest that ever was heard The first Noel The angel did say Was to certain poor shepherds In fields as they lay In fields where they lay Keeping their sheep On a cold winter's night That was so deep
king and peace to all on earth. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No Please join with me as we confess our sins and hear the words of forgiveness. We confess our sins before God and one another. Radiant God, you have come to live among us, yet we fail time and again to see you in the faces of our neighbors. We look to ourselves instead of those in need. We seek the shallow comforts of things we can buy instead of the deep and lasting comfort of your presence. Forgive our stubborn refusal to see and open our eyes to the joy and wonder of your incarnation. And I'd like to declare to you, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy. The God of boundless grace forgives some of your sins? No, this God forgives all your sins renewing your spirit for the sake of Emmanuel, God with us. Let us pray. God of grace and mercy, with the prophet Isaiah, we long for your justice to be done. As we wait for your promised Savior, give us hope that all will be made right in you. And now I'd like to encourage you to share the sign of peace with one another you can bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today by beginning with a touch on the forehead and using the Trinity formula. Be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and other things that you would like to wish on yourself or others as a blessing from God. And now we turn to the Holy Scriptures and we'll have Steve Helling come up and share the Scriptures and the children's sermon. The first reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. Here is my servant, whom I am uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the streets. 
A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name, my glory. I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Here ends the first reading. Good morning, young neighbors. I hope you're all doing well. It's December. What holiday is coming up? That's right, Christmas. Almost time for Jesus' birthday. That reminds me of something. A king. Hmm, Jesus is our king. What do you think of when I say the word king? A big throne, a crown, lots of gold and jewels, a person making all the rules. Anything else you can think of? Got a couple of questions for you. Let's think a little bit. What would a bad king be like? Mean, lots of rules, unforgiving, their way or you get in lots of trouble. Now let's think about what a good king would be like. Can you describe that? Smart, wise, forgiving, protect their people, give them good guidance and advice. Now that we know what a bad king is and a good king is, I'm going to tell you a little story. Close your eyes and pretend we are back in the days when Jesus walked the earth with us. God's people had not been following his instructions very well, so they were ruled by people from Rome. They were not nice to God's people. There were many rules and they were mean if you broke the rules. Many people thought that Jesus would be a new king to raise an army and throw those bad people out. However, that was not why Jesus was there. He was a king all right, but not like the people were used to seeing. Jesus was a very different kind of king. In our reading, this is how God described Jesus as our king. He will bring justice to nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. Now, does that sound like a king that will lead a big army? Does that sound like a king that will be mean and unforgiving? Not at all. This is the king that God sent, his son Jesus. He was sent to set an example for us to live a good life following God's guidance. Do you remember some of them? Let's think about it. How about the Ten Commandments? How about when Jesus spoke the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Here's one for some of you folks. Remember this, WWJD? Do you remember what that stands for? What would Jesus do? Be kind. Do good things, even when no one is looking, because it's the right thing to do. Don't be bossy, loud, and selfish. 
Now the things we laid out that Jesus teaches are all things that will bring peace to our lives. And that is what God and Jesus are telling us. The world teaches us to be loud and mean and rude and talk badly about others. What will that lead to? Nothing good, I can tell you. So what does all of this mean? Jesus is our king, but not like we expect a king on earth to be. He set a great example for us to follow, and we are to share it with others. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for a prayer. Dear God and Jesus, thank you for sending Jesus to be our king. He is kind, forgiving, and wants the best for us. Help us to remember kindness as we celebrate Jesus' birth. Help us to share Jesus' love with others. In your name we pray, amen. Have a wonderful Merry Christmas. Jesus calls his children dear, come to me and never fear. For he loves the little children of the world. I will take you by the hand, lead you to the better land. Jesus loves the little children of the Every color, every race, they are covered by His grace. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus is the shepherd true, and He'll always stand by you. For He loves the little children of the world. He's a Savior great and strong, and He'll shield you from the wrong. For He loves the little children of the second reading is from Matthew chapter 12 verses 15 through 21. When Jesus became aware of this, he departed. Many crowds followed him and he cured all of them and he ordered them not to make him known. This was to fulfill what he had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved, with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not wrangle or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed or quench a smoldering wick until he brings justice to victory. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. Here ends the second reading.
we do pray that you would open our eyes to see you as you are, not our preconceived ideas. Help us be true to the scriptures as we see again you sending your servant to save us. It's interesting. Every once in a while when I think of prophets or people who uh, our preachers, whether televangelists or whatever else, and every once in a while you see them get really worked up and you, or you hear them shouting on the street corners, repent or else. And then we read the text of who Jesus came, where he wasn't in the street corners. He wasn't yelling at people. But he changed how we perceive who God was and is. And it's striking because the world, and we don't want that. We want somebody who's, sometimes even who's yelling at us, who speaks with conviction and, and demands our attention. And all of a sudden we look at history and we see God slipping into history, not as a king, but as a servant. The coming servant of God is what Isaiah was talking about. And I know other parts talk about Jesus as king, and that's true. But it changed how we perceive what God's heart was about. The world, as we look at it, we want the king or this Jesus God to be born in Rome or at least Jerusalem where there was some clout, where he could make a difference. And he gets born in a major in Bethlehem. Well, at least he should have grown up where he got the best, where he got educated and treated with all the respect he deserved. But he was raised in exile. A humble, simple life. Carpenter's son. Not very exciting. And where was that library of books? And where was all that knowledge going to come from? And th then he starts his ministry, not going to the headquarters of, of Herod and the rest of the world, but in a quiet way, out in the desert, after John the Baptist had paved the way for him. But it was a quiet way. It wasn't a loud-spoken, yelling, demanding where the world wanted somebody to speak and no one would dare to dispute. There would only be loyalty to him. Only the strong should be there. And then we hear Isaiah talking about 
this servant was going to come in kindness, in gentleness, in compassion. I mean, think about it, a bruised reed, what does that mean? Well, think around, look around the world and what do you see? You see a lot of bruised people, a lot of hurting people who are broken, struggling and hurting. And this servant, this Jesus comes in gentleness. He won't break that bruised reed. Or a burning wick. I remember it all the time when I was younger anyway, they'd have the candles around the birthday cake and when they would blow them out, there'd always be sometimes a little spark still growing on that, that deal and we'd wet our fingers and we'd put it out. This servant saw that little spark in somebody, that little hope that some of us have, and he doesn't put it out. But he tenderly and compassionately lets us burn and bring light. When we think of a king, we think of somebody who will get only the strong, will get followers who could build an army that could change the world. Here comes Jesus as servant, and his strength is in followers. I reminded of the story of St. Lawrence, who was put in charge of the treasury when uh, a Roman emperor was wiping out and trying to wipe out all the bishops in the church. And he came to uh, Lawrence and said, uh, give me your, the church's riches. And what Lawrence had done is he had gone and sold all the vessels that were of worth and had given the money to the poor. And so when he came three days after the king emperor had demanded him to bring the riches, he came through the gates and presented himself and then looked back to the doors and it opened up and there were the weak, the poor, the widows, the sick, came pouring through those doors and Lawrence told the king, these are the riches of the church. Well, you know, can imagine what the emperor did. He immediately called for Lawrence's death. But Lawrence knew this Jesus very well. And he knew where the people and the followers were that they were the real treasure. And they were the ones that were going to change the world, not the emperor's army, not the emperor's cruelty, not the emperor's defiance of God. Jesus gave his life as a ransom. But, it, but if you even look at it, even in his ministries, you see him working with the people. He's not in the places of power. He's healing people. He's taking time with people. He feeds 5,000 and the people want to make him king. And so he retreats back into the mountains. His mission is elusive to the people because they don't understand that he's not going to raise an army of the strong. He's not going to raise the army to bring justice through force. 
it was going to come through gentleness and kindness. Because that's the heart of God. is to take care of all his people. Today, what kind of leaders do we look for? Whether it be in the church, politics, do we only look for those that are strong, that are rich, that are powerful? I mean, how many political leaders, and I don't care which party it is, do you see that are poor? Or that really have a heart for the poor? How many do you see that get in there to serve? There are some. But most of all, we want the beautiful, the strong, and the powerful. And yet the church survives because we have a God, Jesus, who meets us and comes to change us. And in changing us, changes the world through kindness, through grace, through forgiveness, through love, through compassion. Dealing with those that the world would throw away, we find great value in. Because we are those people. We are those people who are bruised. Sometimes it feels like our light has gone out or there's just a dimly burning wick. But this Jesus meets us in forgiveness, in love. It says, I, I will die for you. I will give you life. It is not in vain. You have a hope that nobody can take away from you. So this Christmas, what are you looking for? Who are you looking for? A King Jesus that's coming in power and force? Or a babe in Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, being announced by angels to some humble shepherds, and very few people knew that God had entered our world to change it. We need to be careful about how and who we expect this Christmas. There's a story that I have loved for a long time of how God has loved for others. It was done through somebody who took very seriously Jesus' command. We don't even know his name. But it's amazing how this life influenced the life of one person who can affect the life of others. And God placed in the hands of each one of us something to do. The story of a brave young man nearly 200 years ago who went to the people of Jamaica. Out of his love for Christ, he preached about God's love to the poor natives who at that time were still slaves on the plantations. But soon they discovered he was a free white man, so the natives did not believe the wonderful message of love he had given them. So this man disguised himself, sold himself in the marketplace as a slave. Irons were put about him to keep him from running away. He was put to work as a slave among slaves. But there he was able to preach the gospel message of love. And the people listened to what he had to say. 
But it's interesting, this man died in slavery. And perhaps he thought, what a miserable failure I am. One man trying to help other people, and now I die without success. But his sad, noble story was brought back to England. And there a certain man named Wilberforce heard it. The splendid devotion of that youth to the poor slaves of Jamaica helped to inspire Wilberforce and his friends to abolish slavery from all the British dominions. Time and time again through history, we could cite the life story of hundreds of courageous men and women who have unselfishly devoted their lives to the betterment of others. Many of these have been great and famous people, but a great many more have been common folk like you and me. Perhaps we will never be able to do anything spectacular or world-shaking, but even in a small way, we can be of service to God and others. This author right, goes on to write, at camp one summer, one of the little children expressed this thought very well. In her evening prayer, she said, Dear God, may Christ be willing to look out of our eyes and not into our eyes. The greatest thing we can do for God is let the light of his love show in all that we do. To share him that others, too, might know him in our high calling from God. You see, we need to see the world as Jesus sees it. That little girl caught that. May Christ be looking out of our eyes so we might see the heart of God in the world through Jesus. This may not be the greatest Christmas message, and as sometimes we'd rather hear Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, but this is who we are. People of faith, believing that God came as a servant for all people. And through our strength and God's strength to reach out is through gentleness and love, grace, mercy, and compassion. And that's good news. Because then we are included in hope and in life. Who are you looking for this Christmas? I pray that it would be Jesus, the servant of God. Amen. Your only son, no sin to hide, but you have sent him from your side to walk upon this guilty sod and to be.
Your gift of love we crucified. We laughed as scorned him as he died. The humble king we named a fraud and sacrificed the Lamb of God. O Lamb of God, sweet Lamb of God, I love the Holy Lamb of God. Oh, wash me in your precious blood, my Jesus Christ the Lamb. continue by confessing our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffering under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, but on the third day he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We'll continue with the prayers of the Church.
confident that your promises are sure, Lord God, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. God of all nations, you have opened the eyes of the blind and brought out the prisoners from the dungeon. Establish justice in all the earth and teach us your ways. We call on our God, O come, O come, Emmanuel. You are the God who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it, and spirit to those who walk in it. May we honor your creation in honor of you. We call on our God, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Make our world's leaders both gentle and strong, that they would have both compassion and endurance to work for justice. We call on our God, O come, O come, Emmanuel. You do not break the bruised reed, nor extinguish the dimly burning wick. Send your gentle healing to all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Becky Anderson, Clara Garish, Richard Roos, Shirley Lenz, Ida Martinson, Helen Jorgensen, Maury and Lee Nicholson, Scott Morgan, Julie Dubois, Rachel Seacrest, Randy Goblin, Gary Fredrickson, Helen Erickson, Christina Burgett, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Kelsey Zamuda, Jean Hoisington, Arlene Johnson, Dixie Taig, Chuck Hutton, Matt Crerup, Jill Haugrud, and the family of Ginny Hansen Anderson. We call on our God, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Shine a light on all people that we might recognize our kinship and accept one another as members of one holy family and inheritors of your grace. We call on our God, O come, O come, Emmanuel. We remember the saints who have gone before us, giving thanks for their faithfulness to you. May we be faithful as they were, until all are reunited in your love. We call on our God, O come, O come, Emmanuel. In faith, hope, and love, we lift our prayers to you. In the name of your promised Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish or your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. 
We will continue with the offering prayer. God, you have created all there is and given us life and all we need to sustain it. With thankful hearts, we offer now our gifts for the care of all that you have made. Amen. Continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Called to walk as together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace through the Prince of Peace. Amen. He came down that we may have love. He came down that we may have love. He came down that we may have love. Hallelujah He came down that we may have light. He came down that we may have light. Hallelujah forevermore. He came down that we may have peace. He came down that we may have peace. He came down that we may have peace. Hallelujah forevermore. The chimes of time ring out the news. Another day is through. Some slipped and fell Was that someone you You may have longed for added strength Your courage to renew Do not be disheartened For I have news for you It is no secret God can do what he's done for others he'll do for you with arms wide open he'll pardon you it is no secret what God can do there is Always 
feel at home Wherever you may roam There is no power can conquer you While God is on your side Take him at his promise Don't run away and hide It is no secret What God can do What he's done for others He'll do for you With arms wide open He'll pardon you It is no secret What God can do With arms wide open to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. Through every day for all